0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Cutting the Curd is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country? For more information, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
0: You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Ann Saxelby You're listening to Cutting the Curd Hosted by Ann Saxelby You're listening to Cutting the Curd Hosted by Anne Saxelby Broadcast live to the Cosmos On the Heritage Radio Network
2: Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Anne Saxelby. My co-host is Sophie Schlesinger. Hi, everybody. And uh, today we are very excited to have with us on the show Jess Perry, who is the first winner of the, uh, of the first annual Daphne Zeppos Teaching Award Scholarship. Um, Jess is currently with Beehive Cheese Company in Utah. She is a graduate of Utah State University. She has a master's in food science and a thesis focus on cheese chemistry. Um, and we are very excited to have Jess with us on the show. Thanks for being on.
3: Oh, thank you for having me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, um... This is very, very exciting. You you know, first ever winner of the uh scholarship and I heard there were quite a few applicants this year, so yeah.
4: congratulations.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. How, yeah, how there were definitely a lot out. of applicants.
4: How did you find out uh that you won?
3: Uh Rachel Jewel called me on my cell and at first I uh like, who's this calling me? Because I always screen, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> you
4: <have laughs> and to, then I got yeah. her
3: voicemail and it was, and I was like, oh, I should probably call her back. <laughs> so I called her back immediately. It was on July 5th. Um, so it was in the beginning of July and they told me, like, she was like, you have to keep it on the down low. You can't tell anyone. Very secretive. Um, and I was currently studying for the CCP, so that just made it so easy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow, wow. And yeah. the CCP, <laughs> all, for all of our listeners who, who may not know, is the Certified Cheese Professional Exam, which is a pretty big deal. It's a it's an exam that happens at each year's American Cheese Society Conference, and it's pretty stressful from what I hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, well, so you, wow, you had to keep it under wraps for a while. So your award was announced, well, in public last week at yes. the American Cheese Society Conference in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, I was at the conference. I was not able to um, attend the award um, unveiling. Was there like a specific uh, ceremony or anything that happened?
3: Um, yeah. Uh it was just during the town meeting, um, Mo Frechette and Brad Brown, uh, Daphne's husband, got up. And Moe kind of talked a little bit about, you know, the the foundation and the scholarship. Um, and then Brad came up and introduced me. Um, and then wanted, Moe wanted me to come up and talk about my vision, like a super summary about my vision, and then give it a little thanks. And they gave me this, like... Really big cheese check. <laughs> wow! <laughs> One and of those like cardboard, you know, cheese checks. Oh, That's like publisher's
2: awesome. clearinghouse style. Yeah. I exactly, like that.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And I, I, I thought I didn't know what they were going to give me. I thought it was I was just going to go up and shake some hands and I like i give Brad a hug and then I pass him and I look and like there's this like giant piece of cheese with the daphne's <laughs> that post like. Screaming at my face, I was like, "What? What is that?" <laughs> yeah.
2: That's really great. So, for everyone who doesn't or who doesn't know, um, the Daphne Zepos Teaching Award is an award that was started in honor of Daphne Zepos. Um, she passed away last year. Um, Really uh, too young, uh, died of lung cancer, and uh, was Daphne was just a really passionate advocate of cheese and particularly cheese education. Um, she was an owner of the San Francisco Cheese School. She was an owner of the Essex Street Cheese Company, and just kind of um, you know all over the place in the cheese world. And so this award was really set up to kind of further her passion for for learning and her passion for cheese by. Allowing uh, people to apply for a scholarship that would allow them to travel and learn more about cheese, so um, this is really exciting that it 's all come full circle so soon. Um, yeah, yeah, so, so we definitely want to hear about your vision um, for your trip. I, I kind of want to wait until the second segment of the show yeah. to to get into what your plans are um, i I was wondering if we could spend a little bit of time talking about your background. Um and kind of yeah, how you came to the world of cheese and, and your studies. It seems like you've done quite extensive um you know, quite extensive research in the world yeah. of cheese.
3: <laughs> kind of a nerd. Um <laughs> so are we all. <laughs> yeah. It is what I love about this community. It's like a big group of nerds. Uh, <laughs> um I kind of happened on cheese uh by chance. Um I went to Bates College in Maine and I thought I was going to be a vet, so after college, I started working for this large animal veterinary clinic uh, right outside of Portland, Maine, and I soon realized that, you know, veterinary medicine, especially large animal veterinary medicine, is 24-7, and you don't really get a whole lot of time, free time, and for me in particular, I didn't really get a whole lot of time—that was a priority <laughs> of my life at that time. So, so I quit that job, um, and I knew I wanted to be involved in the dairy industry because in college I had done a couple independent studies: one with my semester abroad, and then two within with the state of Maine, um, just re- like looking at overall bovine health and farm management. And I, so I wanted to pursue that, and I sent my. Um, resume and cover letter to like some surrounding farms in Portland, Maine. And when I called and followed up uh with all of them, one, Smiling Hill Farm in Westbrook, Maine. Uh they said we don't have any positions um available in the barn, but there is a cheese making position open. And, you know, I was like, okay, sign me up. I have a <laughs> chemistry degree in my undergrad so like cows and chemistry that sounds like a perfect match um and so that was jennifer bettencourt of silvery moon creamery the founder of silver Me- silvery moon creamery um and that was what kind of started my cheese career she opened my eyes to cheese she did it was super small artisan she made like uh cheddar mozzarella cheese curds brie camembert she did this fresh Kind of fresh style cheese that she rubbed with juniper berries and rosemary, and that one, the rosemary's waltz. It's uh, won a couple. It, used, it won a couple awards at ACS back in the day. Um, but uh, she definitely is the reason why I'm in cheese, and she was. She's always the first person I thank when, like, my thesis, my master's thesis, is dedicated to her. She was the first person I thanked when I got up on stage for the DZTA. It's definitely. She's here. She's the reason why I'm here. Oh,
2: man. That is so cool. That, like, gives me goosebumps just hearing that. I mean, I'm sure that, yeah, that makes her so happy, too.
3: Yeah, and I haven't talked to her in so long. I think she's living in New Hampshire, so I hope she's listening. But, uh, yeah. (laughs) We hope
2: so, too. If not, we'll have to find a way. We'll, like, email her a podcast of the show.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. (laughs) So that's a pretty um, big jump. So you pretty much went from you went from the barn to the creamery, and those are two very distinct worlds on a dairy farm. I right? feel you're kind of on one side of that wall or the other.
3: <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And the the farm the farmstead cheesemakers that can do both. Oh my God, they have 100 percent of my respect because that is a lot of work. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and so. So after that experience, um, now you're currently with Beehive Cheese in Utah. How did you How did you wind up out west?
3: So um, I still had the ski, the skiing itch, you <laughs> know. And I was living in Maine. So and I had a friend at the time who was like, "We're moving out to Utah to work up in Alta uh, for a season, which is a local um, ski resort right outside of Salt Lake City." Uh, and I, you know, right out of college, you're like, "Sure, I'll sign up for that." Um, and so I moved. I, it was during a winter, kind of a slower time. Like right after Christmas, I moved out to um, Utah to work up in Alta uh, at the Alta Lodge, kind of in their dining area and stuff, and be a ski bum. And <laughs> then I came back. I did a season where I came back to the farm and worked at Silvery Moon, and then I just had to go back to Utah because <laughs> it was just the skiing <laughs> was just so good. Uh, and I remember when, like, my first season, like driving around Salt Lake, I was like, "Oh, I'm never gonna live here." It's, it's like, it's just, I'm never gonna live here. It's not my scene. And then now I can't really imagine living anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, trying
4: to think if we've had any other Utah-based people on the show. Before. I'm pretty sure you've had Pat. I think yeah, yeah, Pat
2: from Beehive. I think we did a state of cheese on Utah, on Utah? back yeah. in the day. Yeah, we
4: we'll have to pull that out of the archives and have a look. Have a refresher. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely.
3: I feel since that podcast, the cheese making scene has definitely become a little bit more popular. It's slowly growing out here, which is like kind of part of my vision. But
2: <laughs> and so you yeah for Beehive, um, you are, are you in sales for Beehive? or are you doing uh, are you doing cheese making?
3: Uh, I am currently, uh, yeah, I'm in sales right now, Um, definitely. And if they have any issues with, like, um, product development or they're like, "Jess, we've got this crazy thing going on. What do you think we should do? And I'm like, oh, you should try this. Um, Because in between, so I was a ski bum, and then I decided when, before I knew that the CCP existed and I was still really involved with cheese, I wanted to get something that gave me more, like, credibility to, like, my passion. And there wasn't really – I mean, now there's the CCP, which I think is the, – the, the exam, I think it's a really great opportunity for the cheese community, and it's um, very important for us to have. Um, but before I knew that we had it or it was in the making, um, I wanted some credibility, so I was looking into programs in agriculture for graduate school, and luckily Utah State had a – food science slash dairy science, um, department. So I got my master's and my thesis advisor is who, who Pat and Tim learned how to make cheese from. So that was that connection.
2: Oh, small world. Yeah.
3: So they're, they're like super lucky to have you. And likewise,
2: (laughs) wow. So you pretty much, you graduated and then you just were right, right on with beehive.
3: I was like, yes, I have a job in my field after graduate school.
2: (laughs) After graduating with a master's in cheese chemistry, you know, it's just like, who who would have thunk it? Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) When I tell my friends that I kind of like went into the program blind, like I didn't have a plan afterwards, they look at me like, Really? (laughs) <laughs> That's so risky. I'm like, it worked
2: out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I feel like, you know, there are definitely plenty of jobs to be had, but maybe like more in the industrial sector. You know what yeah. I mean? Yes. Working for like bigger yes. companies. So it's really lucky that you were able to kind of parlay that into working for a smaller operation because – um quite often it seems like that's what's lacking for a lot of smaller operations is that sort of technical know-how and yeah. expertise and people don't get me wrong. They do a great job um, and they make fabulous cheeses and they troubleshoot and they figure it all out. But to be able to have somebody like you on board, that's pretty great.
3: Yeah, no, I, and yeah, exactly. I definitely agree. It's just, it takes out part of the, it takes out part of the like frustration work, you know, of like what's going wrong. So, um, so what well. are
2: some of the, what? what's like a question that somebody would come to you with and be like, Jess, what's up with this? And you're like, oh, I got that.
3: Oh, like the common one, they're like, we've got some, we've got some um, mold growth on the outside of our cheese. Um, hmm. Just like one of our bags was kind of relaxed and we got a little mold growth and we want to, you know, re just keep it good. I was like, oh, just, you know, apple cider vinegar and water. <laughs> And they were like, whoa, okay. <laughs> we don't have to, like, scrape it off. I'm like, no, just pat it dry with, like, apple cider vinegar and water. And that's actually what I learned from Silvery Moon. Um, but it's also sometimes we get, you know, um, some stuff that's growing on the outside of our rind. I look at it and I see if it's, like, calcium lactate crystals or something else. Is it something else going on? And luckily we also have a lab where we can just take a sample and send it up to the lab and see, like, hey, is this, is this weird? um or is this good Uh, um yeah
2: i like that line of questioning is this weird or is this good
3: yeah yeah very basic like is this not okay or is this okay yeah
2: so do you guys what's it what's your setup like at beehive do you have a little area where you kind of um do you have like a mini lab on the farm where you can kind of um you know track things and then and then like you said if you need to send them off to a larger lab
3: yeah we definitely have like so we have the the cheese making room, and then next to it is the like the room where we do all like our custom rubs and then packaging and stuff like that. But there's a separate room where we it's a tiny little lab. We have all of our pH meters. We can do moisture analysis, um, kind of your basic cheese making uh, tools or lab techniques salt, moisture, pH. Um, but then we also have like, you know some things where, we can. We don't have necessarily petri dishes, but we can collect in dishes and then send them up to the lab. At, there's another university here, Weber State University, which is really close, and they have a micro lab. Um, and actually, that professor worked really closely with my professor, so it's very, it's very nice and convenient. The cooperative extension program in Utah is really great, so.
2: That is really great. So you've got like lots of resources right at your disposal. You've got a good, you've got a good community built in thanks to your studies.
3: (laughs) I know. Yeah. And it was definitely convenient that we just need to, it's the, you know, the mindset of the cooperative extension is very industry and they're, they're learning that artisan is kind of the way that they should start thinking about things. So we just need to keep that ball rolling.
2: That's awesome. Um, That is really encouraging to hear. Yeah. Um, Well, we are actually at about the halfway point of the show, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about your plans, your travels. So stick with us on Cutting the Card.
1: Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board are proud to underwrite Cutting the Curd on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Wisconsin cheeses have an illustrious heritage of more than 170 years of quality and craftsmanship. During this long and rich history, the art and science of cheesemaking have been captured in time-honored traditions that produce cheese varieties of unsurpassed excellence. Today, Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit www.eatwisconsincheese.com.
2: All right. We are back on Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. You can check out this and any other show on the network at heritageradionetwork.org. And today we are talking with uh, Jess Perry, who is of Beehive Cheese Company in Utah and who is the winner of the first annual... Daphne Zeppos Teaching Award, um, I wanted to mention the website um, for the, the teaching award is just org, um, and if anybody's interested in the award, in the scholarship, they should check it out. Also, um, I know that the, f- uh, the foundation is looking to raise a quarter of a million dollars by the end of 2013, so if anyone wants to donate to this more than worthy cause, um, please go on the website and, uh, make a donation. Um, they're actually very close to reaching their goals. So, um, you know, we want to help push them along as much as we can. Um, so Jess, so I'm wondering, so does your, your love of skiing and your love of cheese, does that play into your, your vision <laughs> for your, for your cheese <laughs> studies and travel?
3: Uh, unfortunately not,
2: you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I was like, she's going to Switzerland. I know. <laughs> I know.
3: It's like, yeah, I know. I wish, uh, I wish it did. I tried. I tried that direction, but that vision just didn't really. It, yeah, <laughs> it didn't really pan out.
2: Understood. Understood. So what? Is, so what is your grand plan for this uh, scholarship?
3: Um. So what I wanted to do. Um. Over, I'm going to go to Spain, and I'm going to go study Basque cheeses, um, and cheese making. Uh, the, my vision, kind of, when I thought about it, I wanted to make a connection um, between, like, the place I live and cheese, because, you know, the cheese, like, Colorado just pulled some, like, Avalanche, and Haystack just pulled a bunch of awards at ACS, you know, Utah cheesemaking is becoming more popular, and we're, the Intermountain West is, like, kind of slowly, you know, becoming, like, more popular in cheesemaking, so I really wanted to make a connection between the Intermountain West and cheese, and, When I started talking to people and thinking about it, I realized or I found out that there's a very large Basque-American population in the Intermountain West in Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, Utah, specifically of Spanish descent. So I kind of was like, well, why don't I study them and uh, go to Spain and see what they do, see what it is about, you know, where I live in Idaho and Montana that made them want to settle there and raise sheep and become shepherds um and make that connection and maybe apply like see what how they make cheese and if we can still apply it to you know our modern day cheese making facilities especially when idaho is like the third largest cheese producer in the country
2: that's amazing
3: isn't that amazing yeah (laughs) i
2: mean who would have thunk it
3: (laughs) i know and it's just there. there's a lot of big, you know, big cheese producers in Idaho. So bringing our land back to like a more smaller mindset of artisan cheese making, I think, is really important. So
2: Yeah, yeah. and the Basque um, people who live, or, you know, people who are of Basque descent who live out west now, I mean, they're traditionally, are are they, um, you know, are they herding sheep for, I would imagine it's for meat production, not for milk production, right? Because they're pretty, yeah. um, far flung rural places.
3: No, I definitely, I think you're right about that. Yeah. Um, frankly, I think the only Basque cheese style like producers I know of, are is like the California, um, I do not say this name right, uh baranaga ranch
2: Mm, mm, okay
3: they do a couple uh, basque style cheeses and their model is based on you know their descendants of basque um but i'm pretty sure you're right in the sense that the shepherds in like idaho and wyoming they it's for meat primarily not cheese wow that's actually
2: amazing because one of my favorite, um, you know, I feel like, you know, every year at the ACS conference, whatever Daphne presented was my favorite. And one <laughs> yeah. of the one of the ones that she did, I think it was in Seattle, um, was an anthropological look at Basque sheep's milk cheeses. And she brought on an anthropologist who had lived with Basque shepherds back in the early 80s. And um, she had really spent, you know, years with these people. And it was just like this incredible... Uh, dialogue about, you know, how they lived and even how their language was shaped by, um, by cheese. Like, you know, when they, they're in their local dialect, when they talked about someone getting pregnant, they said that she had curdled. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, how fitting that the first recipient of this award would go, you know, would be, yeah. would be traveling back to a place that Daphne was so fond of and had yeah. sort of, uh, invested some, some, a lot of time and research into herself um so that's great so have you um reached out to cheesemakers do you know who you're going to be staying with yet or how is that part of the process working
3: um i have no idea i don't even speak a lick of spanish (laughs) um
2: that's fine because they speak like crazy basque language i know that's what i hear Uh, that's so not a professional thing to say (laughs) speak crazy basque language but it is fascinating to think you know nobody really understands where that language even came from it's totally crazy
3: yeah um, um, it's like eubonics of, you know, Spain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't know where I'm going, but I have definitely, like, after the announcement, there's just been so many people that have come up to me, and they're like, this is my contact. Please let me know. We know people. Or, like, I'm the primary buyer of Basque cheeses, you know, for my store or for my distributor. So, um, one interesting connection, um... I made was uh, and I don't say his last name right, but um, Pav uh, Churney, Okay. out in California. He's the Mike. He's like the computer guru, but he also has goats. Oh, uh, Okay, and he I do not made, know this man. He, <laughs> I, one of his connections was this, this woman who works at a university in like in the Basque region, studying uh, like Itty Isabel and Basque cheeses, like in a university st- setting. And I was like, wow. It's like screaming Jess right there. Yeah. You know, it's just like I have, like, the university science background, and it would just be really great to go over and talk to her and see what she's doing and brainstorm ideas or something like that. So, But people have been very generous in coming up to me, and, and I'm just, thank you. I really appreciate everyone who came up to me. I might have not said it at the conference, but I really appreciate all the help that I can get.
2: That's amazing. I feel like the cheese community is very unique in that way where, you know, people are so open and so wanting to share and so wanting to make those connections, you know, it's really, it's really great. It's really great. Um, well, so I, how long, how long of a trip is this going to be for you? It's not really, the award isn't based on, on any specific amount of time. It's just a dollar amount. So you can kind of make it as long or short as you want to, right?
3: Yeah. And yes, absolutely. Um, And, you know, I probably – it's not like I'm going to be able to take a whole lot of time off from my job currently. But I also want to – since I'm, like, tying, you know, my own – where I live here in the States to Spain, I want to do a good amount of research here and then also a good amount of research in Spain. So, like, I'm hoping to go for, like, two or three weeks in Spain, probably not until next spring. um, But also pay really close attention to, like – the you know the cheesemakers here or at least like go there's a basque festival up in boise in like october
2: Ooh, I plan on going great to,
3: and they like take all the sheep down the like main road or something like that so
2: oh man that sounds wonderful yeah,
3: yeah. Wow. <laughs> like i'm gonna go hang out with her I remember
2: reading – there was this book by – gosh, I think it was Mark Kurlansky. It was called, like, The Taste of a Younger Land, and it was about all these – it was kind of trying to chronicle American food traditions before – basically before – World War II before the invention of the interstate highway, you know, when there were Mm -hmm. kind of these pockets of local cuisine. And I remember there was an entry about, um, about a Basque festival and like what was traditionally served there. I should, I should look it up and put, make a little note of it on our, on our website. Um, that sounds like a great, great trip. Um, well let's take a quick detour. Speaking of travels, we're going to make a quick detour to a, a segment that we started, um, On the show a couple weeks ago, Uh, we started doing what we call a curd word on every episode of Cutting the Curd because, as you probably know, Jess, better than anybody, there are a a ton of strange cheese vocabulary words, um, and so we're aiming to just pick one a week and try to demystify it. And you can probably help us with the pronunciation of this one.
4: (laughs) So so I've tried to break this down so it's a little easier to say, but I think it goes like this. So the term is... Rhodotorula musilaginosa, which is courtesy of uh, Vince uh, Resinelli. Resinelli up at Cellars at Jasper Hill, and basically we found out about this word because we had some um, pink-colored mold on the outside of a uh, mm-hmm. wheel of Bailey Hazen Blue. So mm-hmm. we had one of our restaurant customers asking about that because, you know, there's this common. Um, thought that if you see pink, it's not good and you should throw it away. So we, we, um, talked to Vince about it and he sent us some really great information. Um, basically saying that it was a a harmless yeast and it's, um, related to a pink blush that, um, also develops on another one of their cheeses called Winamere, which actually was the ACS winner this year. Mm Um, And he said it's found in soils and the environment. Uh, often shows up in cheese, and it's also very prevalent in the wine industry. Um, and hmm. it's been shown to be important in the production and release of aromatics from grapes. And so it's totally non-pathogenic and a hundred percent safe to eat. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Who knew? Yeah, knows?
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. The friendly yeasts. Thank goodness they're yeah. they're all around us all the time.
4: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Is that,
3: we, one call that... Them, uh, we call them non-starter lactic acid bacteria. In
2: the <laughs> non-starter lactic acid bacteria. I like yeah. that.
3: Yeah. And well, I guess it's not technically a lactic acid. It's a yeast, but uh, environmental, yeah. But I would have to see the spelling of it. It sounds familiar, but I was uh, a chemist, not so much a microbiologist. So when mm-hmm. I see like all the microbiology, I'm like, oh, God.
4: Yeah.
3: But, <laughs> but no, yeah. Vince is a very smart man, so I trust him. Yeah. <laughs> That's so
2: great. So, um all right, well back to back to the teaching award. Um what is your plan to present your findings? Um is that part of the award? Are you gonna be doing a presentation at the ACS about it?
3: Yeah, I have to do a session. Woohoo! I I can't wait to come. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how I'm gonna do it. (laughs) Um you know, I I thought about it a lot. I definitely wanna get a lot of pictures and a lot of like kind of more interactive, like, video and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it's going to have to... I'll probably not really know what I'm going to do until after I come back from Spain. Like, maybe I'll end up doing, like, a cheese-making demo. I have... I don't really... I don't really know. Um
2: the world is your oyster. Yeah. You can I know. do whatever you want. I'm sure whatever it is, people will be like clamoring for it. Yeah. Be like, I
3: hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be really sad if there's like one person in the audience. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well,
2: you can count me and Sophie and So it'll be yeah. two, at least yeah. two. <laughs> Thanks,
3: guys. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
2: Um, well that is really really exciting. So we can look out for a presentation next year's ACS conference is taking place in Sacramento and it's always right around the first weekend in August. So um everyone should, you know, mark your calendars. Um yeah. you can ch- you can look out for that at cheese society.org. That's the American Cheese Society website. Mm-hmm. Um well th- Jess, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Congratulations again yeah. on the award. It's just um it's an amazing thing that they put it together so fast and, you know, you, it seems like you couldn't have found a more deserving recipient. So,
3: Oh, thank you so much. This was so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I agree. I, the fact that it was the turnaround was so fast and I definitely think this the teaching award is a really important thing to have in our community. I think it's going to be very influential. So, Go support
2: it. Donate. Uh, (laughs) Donate. Yeah, absolutely. DaphneZepo'sTeachingAward.com Well, thank you again, Jess, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Cutting the Curd. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for listening to this program on org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network.